It's an odd thing to say that some Marian apparitions are often overlooked or even forgotten, but the types of Catholics typically concerned with the message of Our Lady of Fatima usually know about the messages of Our Lady of Buen Successo de la Purificación, otherwise mistranslated as Our Lady of Good Success, and I've done a video on her a long time ago. If you want to find it, I recommend watching it. Um, that apparition is more accurately translated as Our Lady of the Good Event of the Purification, an ominous name if there ever was one, as well as the apparitions of La Salette, Akita, and to a lesser degree, the apparition at Tre Fontane. Typically, people concerned with these messages share my opinion of Medjugorje, which is, to shall we say, skepticism. And they often know about a whole host of other non-Marian apparitions that all point to our situation today. Often overlooked in this is the strange but dire message of Our Lady of Knock, an Irish Marian apparition that isn't typically thought of as a warning. But today I offer a different take on this apparition, that it is a warning and one especially applicable to our situation today. I'm going to recount the story of this strange Marian apparition and then tell you why I think it's a warning for our times. To put this apparition in context, Our Lady is said to have appeared in 1879. In fact, today is the 140th anniversary of, the, uh, of that apparition. This would be after La Salette, after the fall of the Papal States, centuries after Our Lady appeared at Quito and spoke about our times, and only a few short years before the warning vision given to Pope Leo XIII that would result in the penning of the St. Michael the Archangel prayer. The account goes like this. On a rainy night on the 21st of August, 1879, from around 7.15 to 9.30, in a tiny village of about a dozen homes, Our Lady made a strange, silent public appearance that has become known to the world as the apparition of Our Lady of Knock. The village of Knock, or Hill in Irish, lies in the northwest quadrant of Ireland, about 28 miles east of Croa Patrick, and this prophetic mountain can be seen to the west on the north road from Claremorris to Knock. Since the apparition, pilgrimages to the site have steadily and grown, and presently receive about one and a half million visitors a year. In 1932, Pius XI declared Our Lady of Knock to be Queen of Heaven and of Ireland at the closing of the Eucharistic Congress. It is considered to be one of the prominent Marian shrines of the world, or so it was until more dubious apparitions at Bayside, Medjugorje, and others that church authorities have either condemned or refused to acknowledge have taken away the spotlight. The public nature of this apparition is noteworthy. Until other recent apparitions of Our Lady, such as at La Salette, Lourdes, Fatima, Akita, or Tre Fontane, where she appeared and communicated to only one or a few seers, mostly to youth with the exception of Tre Fontane, and never to members of the clergy, in this apparition she appeared to all present but remained silent. Everyone at or near the south end of the parish church dedicated to St. John the Evangelist saw the apparition. The only member of the clergy in the village, the pastor, Archdeacon Kavanaugh, it is thought could also have seen the apparition if he had simply stepped outside. His housekeeper went to tell him of the miraculous appearance, but it is alleged that there was some miscommunication, and as a result, once again, the clergy did not receive the gift of seeing an apparition of Our Lady. I suspect something else was afoot, and we'll go over that towards the end. As you can imagine, word got out quickly that an apparition of Our Lady had appeared in this tiny, remote village. Shortly after the apparition, an official commission of investigation was launched by the Archbishop, and it recorded the testimony of 15 witnesses, men, women, and children ranging in ages from 5 to 75. 
The commission found that the testimony of all, taken as a whole, was trustworthy and satisfactory. Many years later, in 1936, a second commission confirmed the verdict of the first. Here is the testimony of one of the witnesses, recorded for posterity by the commission. Miss Judith Campbell, one of the 15 official witnesses of the apparition. It is short and concise. Quote, I live at Knock. I remember the evening and night of the 21st August last. Mary Byrne called at my house about 8 o'clock on that evening and asked me to come and see the great sight at the chapel. I ran up with her to the place, and I saw outside the chapel, at the gable of the sacristy facing the south, three figures representing St. Joseph, St. John, and the Blessed Virgin Mary, also an altar, and the likeness of a lamb on it, with a cross on the back of the lamb. I saw a most beautiful crown on the brow or head of the Blessed Virgin. Our Lady was in the center of the group, a small height above the other two, St. Joseph to her right, and bent towards the Virgin. St. John, as we were led to call the third figure, was to the left of the Virgin, and in his left hand he held a book. His right hand was raised with the first and second fingers closed, and the forefinger and middle finger extended as if he were teaching. The night came on, and it was very wet and dark. There was a beautiful light shining around the figures, or likenesses that we saw. I went within a foot of them. None of us spoke to them. We believed they were St. Joseph and St. John the Evangelist, because some years ago, statues of St. Joseph and the Evangelist were in the chapel at Knock. All the figures were in white, or in a robe of silver-like whiteness. St. John wore a small mitre. Though it was raining, the place in which the figures appeared was quite dry. End quote. Everything within the area of the apparitions remained untouched by rain, and was as dry as it would be at noon on a warm day. The astonishing thing was that unlike other Marian apparitions, Our Lady and those with her remained silent. No message was delivered, at least overtly, no visions given, just silence. The great saints of the church appeared to the laity, not to the clergy, and remained silent, standing as a witness and as a message itself. And what was that message? First, let's review something. Our Lady acting on behalf of her son and the father would not come to earth to waste her time or to waste the time of the laity. Every action of heaven has a purpose, and that purpose is to the, lead to the salvation of souls. Her coming was a message itself, but what was that message? Let's review past messages. At Quito, Our Lady warned of the future decadent state of the world and the rise of a prelate who would stand in opposition to the collapse of the faith in the church. At La Salette, Our Lady is said to have warned about Rome losing the faith and becoming the seat of Antichrist. Some sources close to Rome have even said that she warned of two worm-ridden popes that would be great destroyers. At Lourdes, Our Lady had a private message for the seer that was never made public. At Fatima, we know that Our Lady had a message warning of hell, catastrophe, and apostasy. A message and warning that has not been fully revealed to the public. I'll have more on that in a future podcast. At Akita, we get a strong hint of this message, with a dire warning of apostasy leading to a material chastisement of the world, a warning echoed at Tre Fontane. So what was Our Lady's message at Knock? I'm going to suggest it was this. The current phase of the decades-long, if not multi-century, crisis of modernism in the Church has led to a crisis that has captured the headlines and made the anti-Catholic press dance with glee. That crisis has a source and a problem, a common factor in virtually all of the cases being reported on, and that common factor is not mentioned by the hierarchy. 
they remain silent, and instead offer platitudes of reform efforts which use the crisis to advance the cause of modernism further. All the while, those who share those characteristics with the abusers are permitted to retain their offices and even to advance even higher in the Roman hierarchy. But the message goes further. Recently, The Remnant did a video where Michael Matt visited the convent at Akita, Japan. No mention of the apparition was made at the convent. No signs pointing to the historic event of 1973. No reference to the message of Akita, which was approved by the local bishop. The nun who had the visions and experienced a miraculous healing of her blindness has since been moved by her superiors to a more remote location away from visitors. At Fatima, we see a new shrine and a twisting of Our Lady of Fatima's message into some warning about the Cold War and the attempt on John Paul II's life. At La Salette, we see a similar story, and it goes on and on and on. The unofficial policy now of the authorities in the church is to pretend these things didn't happen because they don't believe they happened. That is why they remain silent. Our Lady was silent because the modernists can only respond to the crisis they have wrought with more silence and more modernism. The church suffers a plague, a pestilence of silence. Our Lady did not appear to the lady to present more silence, but to symbolize the silence of the church authorities. Notice that a common thread among the apparitions is that the clergy do not see the event. Often they do not believe until outside clergy are brought in to investigate. There is an account of the apparition of Tre Fontane that is related. In Portugal, in recent years, there was another miracle of the sun, but visible only to the parishioners of a tiny parish some miles from Fatima. The priest saw nothing unusual, but all the parishioners saw the sun dance across the sky as it did on that day in 1917. Of note here is something that is often overlooked. On the 21st of August, 1879, Pope Leo XIII formally granted a canonical coronation to the image at the Basilica of Our Lady of La Salette. An impressive ceremony took place at La Salette, in which the statue of Our Lady was solemnly crowned by the papal legate, who was the Cardinal Archbishop of, Par of Paris, before a vast assembly of bishops, priests, and laypeople. In 1879, the basilica would at last be consecrated, and the statue of Our Lady of La Salette would, again by Pope Leo XIII's leave, be crowned. Officiating at the consecration was the Cardinal Archbishop of Toulouse, and the coronation was carried out by the Cardinal Archbishop of Paris. Bishops and archbishops in numbers were on hand, and with them came pilgrims from nearly every diocese. This occurred on the same day, hundreds of miles away, as the events in Knock, Ireland. The message should be clear. She is tying the message of silence to the message of La Salette. A message that was silenced as the third secret of Fatima remains silenced today. As the lady remained largely silent in the face of an obvious apostasy, in the face of a grievous morality crisis in the church, the lady cannot remain silent any longer. You must familiarize yourself with the message of La Salette, and the message of Our Lady of Buen Successo, and Fatima, and Akita. The hierarchy remains silent because they cannot respond, because many of them simply don't believe. I'm not saying they all don't believe, but many don't. Their actions speak loudly about the state of the faith today. The silence of the laity is a sign of passive acceptance of the sins of the worst offenders in the church. It's a sign of lukewarmness, a sign that we do not have the courage to speak against a hierarchy that would tolerate sin and make alliances with worldly princes for a few pieces of dirty silver. It is a sign that we too have little faith and that we would rather get on with the world set to be hit with a chastisement in the coming years. It is a sign that we too have silently and unknowingly either apostatized 
or are close to apostasy ourselves, and most of us don't even know it. I have never heard an alternative hypothesis for Nock that makes any sense. Our Lady would not come to a tiny little village in Ireland with two great saints of the apostolic and pre-apostolic age and merely hang out on a rainy day. Her presence and where she appeared are all important. Her appearance outside a church, looking south towards La Salette, with the local church authority not responding, is important, as is the presence of St. Joseph and St. John the Evangelist, both important figures to the church who are symbolic themselves of the present crisis. These are not simply co coincidences, as God does not deal in coincidences. Every detail of this apparition is critically important and has been largely ignored, and that ignoring of the message is such a common refrain in the history of legitimate Marian apparitions that it is almost trite to point it out. As the piece by St. John Vianney I uploaded for this past Sunday warns, do not be lukewarm. We must stand in opposition to the modernism on display in the church, to the faithlessness, and to the impotent response to the crisis of faith among the laity. So please, in closing, pray the rosary daily. Begin praying the little office of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Get enrolled in the brown scapular. Wear your miraculous medal. Grow in the faith, for that is the only way, real way, out of this crisis. Thank you for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.